Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Enjoying the day today. Hopefully you are as well. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Would love to hear from you. Always. As always. Um, the uh, here, Here's an uh, interesting email. Uh, rather interesting email in regards to um, the Green Bay Packers. This is from our buddy Pack Attack, diehard Packer dude. Says, Amari Rogers fixed. Lowry fixed. Packers D fixed. Offensive line fixed. Too much D zone used. Fixed. I really hope I'm wrong, but the punt team is not fixed. The right guard and tackle are undersized linebackers. San Francisco exploited it with 290-pound fast defensive linemen to block a punt. Minnesota just did the exact same thing last week. I don't want to say I told you so in the near future. Will they fix it? Good point. Good point. Good stuff there. Um, Paul also says, has uh, Matt LaFleur ever fired anyone other than the special teams coast coach last year? Paul and Menasha. Um, don't think so. Uh, but then again, you've had success. You haven't had to, right? You have constant success. You don't. You don't have to worry about firing people. I can't think. Do you, can you remember of anybody getting fired under Matt Lafleur, Ben? Other than uh, Mo Drayton from last season? No. A lot of guys, because they had success, left and got upgrades. Yeah. Yeah. The only changes they've made. Um, the only changes they made was Mo Drayton. That was the only guy that I can remember fired. That obviously Nathaniel Hackett left for a head coaching job. Uh, Luke Getze left for the coordinator's job down in Chicago. But that's it. That's all I remember. Can't think of anybody else getting fired. But then again, like I said, when you're you're taking over a team that stinks, um, Mike Pettin. Tony brings up Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin's kind of, because Mike Pettin's contract ended, and Mike Pettin wanted out. By all accounts, Mike Pettin and Matt LaFleur did not see eye to eye. So I think it was smart to keep Mike Pettin around that first year for Matt LaFleur because Mike Pettin had been a uh, head coach. But I don't think they saw eye to eye philosophically. So I don't I don't know. A uh, complicated fellow says is LaFleur's brother gonna get axed in New York? If so, would the brother end up in Green Bay? I, I don't know if you want your family in your uh, in your backyard. You see what he said you about know? Zach Wilson yesterday? No, I didn't. Mike LaFleur. He said uh, they asked because Wilson's been benched again. Flacco's actually starting on Sunday. <laughs> and he said, yeah, you know, I, I think Wilson would have would have been, uh, if he had been able to sit behind a veteran for a year, that would have benefited him of the probably two overall pick. Yeah. Probably. Here's the thing with, with guys that are chosen to be the chosen one is – that you don't know you can you can put them through the combine you can watch them throw you can watch their mind work when it comes to reading defenses you can watch what their 
their fluidity is like on the run, what they're like under center. You just don't know what their maturity is. And if they're aged veterans, we'll say, for a couple of years under center in collegiate football, then that's the guy that everybody looks up to and listens to because that's the guy that's probably got more talent than most of the people that are in your conference. Therefore, they think he's the best and the leader and the whole thing. Because uh, how many times have you ever heard on um, on the the NFL draft when you've got all the Mel Kuypers of the world sitting up there going, oh, this guy's got great athleticism and his leadership in this particular sense. Nobody, you know, you don't know. You don't hear that. You hear or you, you don't not hear that. You hear that garbage all the time. And then it turns out he's not a leader. He's not a leader of men. He's a leader of younger guys that are that are being told he has to be the leader. So follow this guy by coaches that don't have a handle on him. Yeah. 877-867-1670. I, he's, he's not. So if he could have gotten into the National Football League and sat behind somebody for a year or two, he could have learned that humility and that leadership. That I agree with. But he was going to get that. Um. Complicated fellow says uh, LaFleur did not have a choice about Pettin. Murphy was uh, pinching pennies, still paying McCarthy uh, for hiring LaFleur. Also couldn't get his uh, choice for special teams coach. He wanted too much money. I don't know if it came down to money or not, but I, I, I just know that it was, I'm not blaming it on Mark Murphy. Put it that way. Not going to happen. I, that, that's not, that's not, put it this way. That's not the rumor that was floating around 1265. The Mo Drayton hiring was. They didn't want to pay for a special teams coach. That was. But Petten, I mean, that, that might have played a part of it, but I, I, that was not the, the prevailing thought, we'll say. 877-867-1670. Uh, uh, this is from our buddy Steve. Hey, Bill, I already know I used my email for the day, but did you see that the Reds released Mike Moustakis? If he clears waivers, the possibility the Brewers could bring him back on a bargain basement deal. I know he is injury prone, but could add some left-handed power. Um, Moustakis, that's part of the problem. Moustakis, first of all, he couldn't stay healthy at all. It was almost like you caught lightning in a bottle with Moustakis when he came to, when he came to Milwaukee. You, you just... He, for whatever reason, it just clicked here. And the minute he went to Cincinnati, the minute he signed that deal, it was, it was terrible. I don't know if I'd jump back into that pool. You can't bring back everybody just to say how great things are. Look what he, look what he used to do. I would not bring Mike Moustakis back. I wouldn't. Because, it, put it this way, you're going to start putting, uh, you know, you're bringing in Winker. You're, bring, you're bringing in roster spots for guys that really are injury-prone and can't play the field consistently. You know? So, there you go. Um, what else do we have here? Real quick. Um, this is from Jason. Jason says, oh, that's old news. Not going to get into that. Did you hear about Harbaugh? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier today. He also talks a little bit about Rodgers, but nothing there. Um... 877 Aaron Rodgers said this week that they are now a, quote, more dangerous team. 
more dangerous team. Do you believe they are a more dangerous team? Said that uh, the addition of uh, Keyshawn Nixon as the returner uh, has led them to flipping the field and field position. He's an exciting guy. Uh, he then goes on to talk about how the offense feels more comfortable and the defense is playing up to their potential. They have become a, quote, more dangerous team. Are they a more dangerous team? I still think, and I'll be honest, they're still not the team that I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. And at the beginning of the season, I didn't know if they were going to win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl. So for Rodgers to say they're a more dangerous team, yeah, but they're more dangerous than that awful team we saw playing in Detroit earlier this season. You know? Um, I They're dangerous in some areas. They have gotten better in the return game. Christian Watson has developed somewhat, but the last game, or uh, a couple of games ago, uh, when we saw them throwing the ball to, uh, to Christian Watson, they were over four, one on a short pass and three deep passes that one he probably should have had. He he didn't fight for the ball hard enough. But the other two were just flat out overthrown. One was overthrown and one was underthrown, kind of underthrown and out of bounds. The, there's no deep threat here. Hitting a couple of shots downfield does not give you a legit deep threat. It gives you a speedy receiver that you've been lucky with a couple of times. Ben, do you think that this team has a legit downfield threat? I think Christian Watson is a legit downfield threat, yeah. Only if he's catching a ball. Well, I think he's been open on a lot of the looks. Frankly, I think Rodgers has missed him. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they have a legit downfield threat. I think he's the threat. I don't think their downfield game is very threatening, if Maybe, that makes sense. That, there you go. That's probably a better way for me to put it. Their downfield game is not threatening. Um, so I that I agree with. Watson can get loose. He can get past a lot of guys, and once he gets the ball, he's certainly a glider, man. He can just he can fly into the end zone. He just makes it look easy. But they don't have a downfield game by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, this has been one of the more horrific years Maybe the worst year downfield percentage that I've seen maybe since Aaron Rodgers was in his rookie season. So I, uh, Pac-Fan says, if you don't think they have a downfield threat, he has elite speed. So what? They're not, they're not hitting downfield passes. That's my point. Is he a threat? Okay. Yeah. He's a threat because he's got speed. Yes. But he had one that hit him right in the hands. He dropped. He didn't fight hard enough for the ball. It was considered a drop. And Rodgers has not hit him consistently. They don't have it down. They, putting it to the point where they have, it's they don't have a threatening downfield game. That's probably a better way to put it. So then that's, and you're right because Gary says, well, Watson wasn't even part of the equation during the first time they, these two teams matched up. I agree. He wasn't. 877-867-1670. We're going to step away and see what Mike Clements has to say when we come back. We'll talk with Mike and uh, get his thoughts as he kind of takes us the rest of the way. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Stoley's Hog Alley. Don't forget, Hog Alley is back open. 
and uh, it's it's beautiful. And maybe you're going out tonight, tomorrow night, going to catch a game on Sunday. Stoley Hog Alley in Oconomowoc right there in Summit. Beautiful. They redid it, and it's stunning. Otherwise, you can stop up to Stoll's All 109, which is in Watertown. You can head up there. Uh, that's open, and that's a terrific place. That's relatively still has some new uh, new bar smell in that place, uh, new pub smell, if you will. But Stoll's All 109, Stoley's Hog Alley, both places, absolutely positively fantastic. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Dan's done a hell of a job just, you know, getting that team to kind of flip the narrative. I mean, they're a dangerous team. Even some of the games they've lost, they're right there against really good teams, and we're going to have to play our best ball. This team's going to be built on, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you, and when you knock us down, we're going to get up, and on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right, and we're going to stand up, and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down and when we do we're going to take another hunk out of you before before long we're going to be the last one standing welcome back there you have it dan campbell matt LaFleur. good stuff this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at burn pit barbecue go to burnpitbbq.com that is burnpitbbq.com real quick before we went to break before we bring mike in here uh, I had just posted this, and I, and I was uh, we were talking about the downfield threat and or the downfield game. Just an FYI, in the last four games, Christian Watson has caught a total of 14 passes, 154 yards. Do the math there as far as the average goes. Only one touchdown, the longest pass being 20 yards. That was a 14-yard catch and run and four drops. So don't tell me about some kind of consistent downfield threat or downfield game that this team has. They don't have it right now. They got to get get the job done by moving the sticks. So the, just there, just an FYI. There you go. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Bringing in now our good buddy Mike Clemens. Michael, how you doing, pal? That that on top of that, now he's dealing with this hip injury, right? Which you know, right? Obviously had him limited on Sunday night against the Vikings. I'm doing fine. Um, Yesterday, where I'm at practice, and then before they really start going into team drills and guys flying around, we get to watch the, you know, the receivers and quarterbacks uh, throwing passes, warming up there. You get to watch. Saw David Bakhtiari hitting the uh, pad. You know, the linemen get, get going through their individual drills, and then you're excused because they don't want you to see anything that they're going to put install in the game plan. About 15 minutes later, I thought I heard a siren over there by the Hudson Center. And you know where we are mm-hmm. up here on the south end of the stadium where the media center is? Right. And then I get a tip from a, a source that says the police scanner over uh, the at Fox 11 TV in Green Bay had got a report of EMTs dispatched to the Don Hudson Center for a 26-year-old male. Like, okay. So then I'm grabbing the roster and looking for who's 26 years old, right? Right. And and you know it's you just I just need to explain to people you know we have these press conferences and we have these availabilities in the locker room and they close the door and that's for the rest of you to figure out or to get sources or that kind of stuff they don't just hand this information out to you mm-hmm. so and and or they don't put out emails or anything like that so I'm looking around the locker room and I'm I'm at at the list of 26 year olds and I saw all their equipment like okay well it looks like that guy was okay. 
but there's an auxiliary uh, locker that's way back in there where the practice squad guys are. So later the team put out a statement uh, when the TV station asked and said, yeah, we had a player that had a, a hip leg injury and uh, had to be transported. But again, they're sitting on that information. It's like, okay, well, I guess they're going to make us wait until we talk to LaFleur. We asked LaFleur what happened at practice yesterday. Yeah, so DQ Thomas, um, unfortunately, uh, suffered a uh, femur fracture, which is rare. I've, I've never been around one like that before. And, um, you know, it was just the way the week started off with what transpired in that Monday night game. And then you got a guy that has one of these injuries. It's, it was a bad deal. But uh, from what I've been told, had successful surgery. And, you know, obviously we're wishing him well and um, look forward to seeing him back hopefully tomorrow back in our building. Was it during team? Yes, it was during a, t- a team period. It just was a, you know, a, a freak thing where two guys collided knees, and um, that's what happened. Ugh. That's uh, femur fractures are never good, um, and, and usually they're quite ugly. It's like what Joel Theismann had, right? Right, yeah, or just you know, snaps. Back in the 80s. Yeah. But the, the amazing thing the is the, that he had surgery, and they hoped to have him back in the building. Uh, well, yeah, in, in, a, in a wheelchair or something like that. Right. But yeah. You know. So, yeah, this kid is uh, DJ Thomas. He's a rookie out of Middle Tennessee that they added to the team earlier this year, and he's on the practice squad. He's one of the, one of the backup linebackers, and he collided with somebody else. Now, there's one other guy that was – when the injury report came out last night, they add a guy, but they don't tell you what it is. And one of the guys that they added was Josiah DeGora. Now, actually, he was stay out at practice today. He, apparently, he's got a calf injury. It wasn't related to whoever were the players that collided. I will tell you this, though, Bill. So I knew that something could be – it could have been a 26-year-old man that slipped and fell on uh, the Hudson Center, right? Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, I so I went ahead and I did like a long interview with uh, Romeo Dobbs, talked to several other players, and, uh, and you could not tell that those Packer players – watched one of their teammates, even if a practice squad guy, have to be carted off the field via ambulance just four days after the Monday night football thing. I mean, you, there was no way of telling from these guys and their d- demeanor that, you know, they had just that's just business in the NFL, right? So just Josiah DeGuara is, is dealing with a calf injury. He's been so important as the H-back and on special teams, and LaFleur talked about him today. Yeah, I'd say there's there's definitely some concern in terms of just, you know, his ability to go out there and, and run. And um, so we'll see how he's feeling today. And he's a guy that certainly will give up until game time to see where he's at. Uh, he's he's a big part of our offense. And I know he he doesn't always, it could be game by game in terms of how much he, he plays, but he definitely has a, um, a role that plays an important part. And, um, not only for offense, but on, on teams as well. And he does a great job with that and really owns it and takes a lot of pride in it. And I think I just love he, he's a gritty competitor. I just love how he goes out there and battles every day and what he does for this team. He's a selfless guy. And, yeah, he's a big part of what we do. You know, Mike, uh, we were talking about that earlier today, some of the keys to this game coming up. And I think one of the keys is going to be the utilization of the tight end. And, 
you know, not that DeGuara has become some kind of, you know, pass-catching weapon out of the backfield, but certainly between him and Robert Tanyan, you know, you're trying to lock that position down and make it productive, specifically in the red zone. Yeah, and and by coincidence, Bobby Tanyan sort of made himself available to his locker, kind of came out and looked around like, oh, hey, you feel like talking to me? Yeah, 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 okay. So we just happened to ask him about DeGuara before we knew that he's now dealing with this calf injury. And Robert Tanya talked about how Josiah DeGuara has grown, uh, not only playing the H-back, kind of the fullback position. You know, there's only six fullbacks in the NFL right now, but also what this guy's doing on special teams. Yeah, first I'll talk about special teams because a lot of guys, you know, um, across the league, like, don't, like, they take kind of special teams as, like, a, uh, a negative, but he's embraced that role and playing as much as uh, he can, as well as uh, Tyler. Um, but with the H back stuff, he's getting a lot more reps in the game and including him more in the offense. And he's just so, um, so like dynamic in all of you know phases. You know whether it's uh, blocking on the perimeter, uh, you know running for the catch or routes or just all the fullback stuff. I mean that's not a lot of people want to do that. Not a lot of people want to go between the gaps and the line and stick their face in there and. Uh, um, yeah, I give him a lot of credit for that. And, yeah, he's like a little brother to me. He'll probably not like the little part. But, um, yeah, he's he's amazing. I love that dude. And, um, yeah, he's he's projecting in the right direction. It was good to see Tanyan get a, get a catch in and be able to, you know, kind of contribute, so to speak. Yeah, uh, against the Vikings. And he was wide open. And, you know, there's two players on this team that I can't fully explain – except I guess they were just not up to their assignments or something because you got Robert Tunyon coming off an ACL. Okay, so you knew that gradually he was getting back on the field in September, October, but then he just sort of has gone away in this offense. Why aren't they throwing to him more often? And and, and, From a guy that had like 11 touchdowns a couple of years ago, but last Mm -hmm. weekend against the Vikings, he's down there in the north end zone. He's got his hand up. He's wide open. And it's like, Jesus, Rogers, can you see him? Oh, okay, finally. Rogers sees him and throws him the ball. And Tunyon talked about that touchdown catch. I, I think that felt longer than coming off the knee surgery and getting the one against the Patriots. I think it's felt longer. Yeah, just I think it's just yeah a long, a long season and a lot of you know ups and downs. But yeah, it definitely felt good. Seems like you're open for like an hour and a half. He's open. Yeah. He's open. No, I did. I, yeah, I think I waved my hand like six or seven times. Right. Cause, um, but yeah, thankfully, uh, thankfully Aaron's good at his job. You know, Mike, this is the whole. And we were talking about this earlier, where Rogers kind of waxed nostalgic, almost in a goodbye sense. Uh, on one hand, and then on the other hand, said, "Well, this is about getting a win and hopefully getting more wins in the postseason." Blah blah blah. Um, I, everybody's trying to compare this run to something, you know, is this comparable to the run when you guys, you went in and won a Super Bowl? Is this compared to the RELAX? Is this a compared to the run the table? I mean, th- this is a different team and a different feel, isn't it? I agree. I don't know why, you know, the folks here that cover the team have been still beating that stuff. And, and, you know, and, and uh, what are they, every time the Rogers says something like, yeah, I got to decide about this after the season. You know, that indecision suddenly makes headlines and gets clicks, I guess. And so, to to uh, to, to summarize, that end position. You know, Mercedes Lewis is thirty nine years old. It's like, how many more times are they going to bring that guy back? Right. Last night we were talking about jumbo offenses. Like, do you bring in another tackle? And you know what Adam Stenovich says? That's why we got Mercedes Lewis. He's like our, you know. 
third tackle out there. Right. Oh. And then you talk to, you know, Tunyon about these questions are already, like you said, it's everything's about either is this like twenty sixteen on the table or could this be Rogers last game of Lambeau Sunday night? Aaron's future's uncertain. He, he doesn't know how long he wants to play. Any thought that maybe this is his last game at Lambeau? And what does that mean to you to possibly take the Didn't we feel like that was the last game at Lambeau, like the last three years? <laughs> I don't know, did you? you never know. That's, I mean, just living in the now and just uh, enjoying, you know, playing with a special player like that and what he's done for my career and how he's helped, uh, you know, shape me for the rest of my career moving forward. That's and just kind of continuing that process and worrying about this season, I think I'm just kind of grateful and blessed to play with something like that, not really looking at the uh, – because, I mean, it is – you know, as he talks about it, it's obviously near the end because he's 52 years old. So, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, I mean, I'm just blessed to, you know, be on the same field as in the same huddle, and, uh, you know, he's helped me out a lot. So I'm just kind of just grateful and blessed. I can't say it enough. There you go. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, we'll come back. Got a lot more to get to. Mike Clemens brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable. And just a mile from Lambeau Field, it's going to be packed. The whole area is going to be packed coming up on Sunday night. Perfect for a family stay as well in the off season. If maybe you just want to go up and uh, hang out and maybe go over to the uh, Hall of Fame or go get some dinner or something in Green Bay. The Bay Family Restaurant featuring homestyle cooking seven days a week. That's the Bay Motel, South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them right now for reservations. 920-494-3441. 920-494-3441. That's the Bay Motel, Green Bay. 920 
that Rogers said a couple weeks after the loss to Detroit, where Rogers said, you know, I I don't know about Detroit. I mean, you know, that was he called that a fluke, essentially. Okay, right. Uh, and it's because you know, Rogers threw three interceptions in that fifteen to nine loser. You know, week nine. The, the Packers had eight players get injured, two to season-ending injuries, including Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes. And Romeo Dobbs was out for the next month or so. It was just a horrible game in terms of injuries, and Rodgers was out of it. Remember that stupid trick play they tried to throw to David Bakhtiari? Right. Right? Yep. You know, and, yep. and, and Hutchinson intercepted it. So, you know, that's what Rodgers was saying. You know, we were bad, it was bad, and, you know, we can do better. But, hey, the Lions went from one and six to – seven and two since then they tend to win their games at home they score a lot of points their offensive line is really good although frank Ragnall, their uh, veteran center is dealing with a foot injury he's uh, had the last couple of weeks so i don't know if he's going to be able to play on sunday but they talk about their line and then the other thing that happened is it was before the packers played we took that we did cover that game in detroit the trade deadline was that week and everybody was like what are the lions doing trading away tj hawkinson to a divisional rival like the Vikings, mm-hmm. right. who, you know, Kirk Cousins has thrown the ball to him eight or nine times a game, and he's scoring touchdowns. What were they thinking? But since then, Jane Zystra and Brock Wright and their rookie, James Mitchell, these guys are catching touchdowns from Jared Goff. As a matter of fact, seven of the last eight games, they've got a touchdown. They've got 10. They're, they're knocking on a franchise record of, of 11 touchdowns for tight ends, and Jared Goff, the quarterback, talked about that. Uh, yeah, they've done a great job. They've consist- been consistent, been where they're supposed to be, um, you know, on time, block well. Do e- they do everything right, and they and they get themselves open, and um, there's nothing mu- much else to it. I think I get that question every week, and it's like, uh, and not, not to be, you know, I, I, but but like, you know, since you know, TJ's a great player, and TJ's doing tremendous things, and and he's tr- he's a tremendous player. But these guys know slouches either, and and you know, I've stood their own, and um, I think it's a testament to their coaching and and, and just who they are as players. The uh, the one story I think kind of hits us is the fact that Jamal Williams has played extremely well. He's it was always kind of a a very likable I won't say a fan favorite, but a very very likable guy here in Green Bay, and he's not many yards away from getting a thousand yard season, and he's hoping to do it at Lambeau Field, Mike. And they thought that you know that uh, Brian Gutekunst had his eye on AJ Dillon, and got you know a player two or three years younger. And but Jamal Williams has gone over to Detroit, and with that good uh, offensive line that they've built over there, the guy is six yards away from his first career thousand-yard season, and, and 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 touchdowns as well. And so Jamal talked about the you know the, that on Sunday night he's got a chance to break a thousand yards. I'd be grateful for it just because it's been a long time coming, but. You know, six years and finally get a thousand is a great accomplishment. But I know that just just a stepping stone for me, and I got more to go. So I'd be happy just getting thousand, no matter who we play. But it's more important about us just getting the dub, and that's really what I want from us is just to get it, go out there to Lambo and get a dub. You know, he like I said, he was a likable guy, not just by the fans, but uh, the guys in the locker room liked him. It was just it just came down to money, and that was the reason he didn't come back. He does that dancing. Pre-game, you're down there yeah. on the field, and he's playing catch with kids in the stands, you know. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, we asked him about, do you realize that Jamal Williams right now leads the league with 15 touchdowns? He's got a chance to surpass a Lions franchise record set by Barry Sanders. And here's what Aaron said. He's incredible. I mean, he is incredible. 
He's got to be one of the biggest bargains in the league at, at what he signed for. Because, again, Jamal is so much more than just production on the field. And the production, like we've seen this year, is fantastic. But he's such a great locker room guy. He's a great leader, motivator, works his ass off. I mean, in the off seasons and in season. And he's just, he celebrates his teammates. You know, he's never been the lead guy. And even down there, they're switching off. They give him more touches, it seems like, in the red zone. But he's always celebrating Swift and the other guys. I can't say enough good things about Jamal. Their defense, Mike, has gotten better, too. One of the things about the Lions is their secondary is still not great, but their pass rush has been pretty good. And uh, when they when they drafted Aiden Hutchinson, uh, you know, not only out of Michigan, so keeping them in their own backyard, but they've they've gotten progressively better and he's really come on. What was so crazy about the Packers 15 tonight stinker week nine over there at Ford Field was that all the injuries that they had in the secondary, they fired the secondary coach on Monday, who, by the way, LaFleur has picked up as a consultant <laughs> doing research. Mm-hmm. They got this Kirby Joseph. He's a rookie. He got two picks off Aaron Rodgers in that game. They're very young. But guess what? You get to week 16 or 17, they have come together, and they're playing tougher. And then out of nowhere comes this kid, James Houston. He's a little bit shorter in size you know, for a strong side linebacker, but he's out of Jackson State. I think he's a lower draft pick. And he's uh, he's got eight sacks, and he's he's got a chance to break an NFL record for the amount of sacks he's had in the last few weeks. And you talk to their number one pick, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, about how this James Houston kid, number fifty nine, is coming on. Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy when when you see it, and um, you know, obviously he had the he had three last week, which it's he just he finds a way to get to the ball, and and, and he he takes advantage of of his opportunities, which is which is what you want, you know, in a pass rusher. So, you know, I mean, he's getting after it, and I think we got a pretty nasty pa- pass rush right now. You know, Mike, uh, the other we were talking about this earlier today. The defense has played better for the Packers as well down the stretch. Some people are actually thinking, you know, can this team win and the defense still play bad enough that Joe Barry loses his job? So what has made the defense, in your opinion, so much better down the stretch? You know, the first thing that Joe Barry talks about is tackling. And I think that's true. I think that's true. The second thing, and I even got Adam Stenovich, I asked him, hey, what do you think your turning point was? And you know what? He said the same thing you and I have been talking about. Uh, you know, probably that fourth quarter. Uh, down in Chicago against the Bears because it, it started to become complimentary football. But, you know, Rasul Douglas, and, and I got a clip from him coming up later, he, we had a long conversation, and he'll basically say the coaches started to listen to us, and they've worked out something between a man and zone defense so that Jair can go and follow the number one, and they can work out other things. And these guys are doing a better job of communicating and preparing. So, you know, the players are more involved no question about it. And then we asked Joe Barry, you know, he says that players are winning their battles, and when that happens, the turnovers are soon to follow. When morale is high, good things happen. And, you know, specifically defensively, when uh, when you're taking the ball away at a, at a positive clip, you know, it's it builds instant morale. And um, I think to allude what you're saying is that it's, it's – it's not only one guy or, or you know, one room. Um, everyone's getting involved in the in the takeaway party. The takeaway party. It's How about the takeaway that? Takeaway party, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> See, everybody's you know, invited. Come on. See, it, 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 that's the thing. I mean, sometimes Joe 
I mean, he's such a nice guy and very complimentary, very positive attitude, you know, uh, knowledgeable football guy. He's been in the league, you know, 25 years or so. But um, he says the weirdest things sometimes. Like, you know, we were talking about how his defensive backs and, and his, you know, he got, he, he's getting a better pass rush. That's, you know, that's what the secondary says. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. Kenny Clark and those guys are doing a better job of getting the quarterback. Well, maybe it's because, you know, uh, that um, Joe Barry got told by LaFleur, you've got to get more pressure on the quarterback. You've got to stop right. playing the gaps the whole game. So Joe Barry is talking about the two receivers that the, the you know, the, the secondary was able to shut down on Miami a couple of weeks ago, like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. And, and here's how Joe referred to them. They got those, you know, two cheetahs at, at wideout that, you know, you had to be pretty specific and pretty calculated with what you did. <laughs> two cheetahs. They are fast like cheetahs, but there you go. That's a, that's an adjective. Or Jair Alexander, who's becoming this kind of Deion Sanders primetime guy with the big Packers hat, you know, for his big head and his dances and this trash talking, you know, up against the number one receivers and, and, you know, and dropping lines like, you know, it's a fluke and that kind of, you know, he's becoming mm-hmm. a, an entertainer leader that way. And so Joe Barry was asked about, you know, dealing with kind of that ego, but, you know, this player like Jair and a competitor. He's, he's colorful and he's, he's uh, um, a funny guy. But I tell you what, as a competitor, I mean, he is, I'd, I'd, I'd go down a dark alley with, with Jair Alexander any day. <laughs> Okay, well there you have it. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, do we ask Jair today? Hey, your defensive coordinator said last night he'd go down a dark alley with you anytime. Are you, are you yeah. going to be walking the streets of Philly anytime soon? Or yeah, you guys going down to kick ass or just getting weird down at the bottom of the alley? I, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the team has gotten better, though. I will say that. Well, they have, and. Um, you know, it's, I mean, somebody flipped a switch somewhere, and right. um, you know they're working on the fundamentals better. They they seem to be working. I don't know why why this was missing, or in such disarray, say in September or October, but they seem to have worked it out now. And then whatever Lafleur you know does with this staff, mm-hmm. well, you know we'll find out after a win on Sunday and if they ever get into the postseason or not. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We got more with Mike Clemens coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I love whatever adjustment was made, or maybe just a single-minded uh, change from Ja or Sewell or those guys putting their heads together. But it seems like we've been a little bit more aggressive. And then when we do that and tie in the looks uh, man zone to make them look the same, you know, we can confuse some quarterbacks and come up with some picks. The Packers have gone up from 40 to 1 to 22 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, as a matter of fact. I think they're sixth or seventh. The Lions aren't even on the board, to be honest with you. The Packers aren't even in yet, and they're already on the board. So interesting that uh, Vegas, betonline.ag, is already looking at the Packers going, yeah, we think we're, they're going to get there, and they're placed at 22 to 1 to get in. Uh, welcome back to the program. Mike Clemens joining us. So, Mike, uh, if they're going to get in, uh, their offense has not been prolific. It's going to be their defense. You know, who has been to the Super Bowl, Rasul Douglas. He was mm-hmm. a third-round pick by Howie Roseman uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. 
kind of a background player. And then, you know, they got rid of Doug Peterson. They cleaned house, the rebuilding. So Rasul went on a road trip. He was with the Panthers, a little bit of time with the Raiders, the Texans, and the Cardinals. And, you know, Goody picks him up last year when Jair goes down, and the guy goes out and earns um, a contract with the Packers. He turns out to be a tremendous player. And we asked him, when did the players remain hopeful you could dig your way out of 4-8 and and still actually have a shot at the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we was all hoping that happened, but it's all crazy. But just like I said, when I was in Philly, it was the same thing. And it just works out when it's supposed to work out. So, but I, but I, but I like this. And as I told people here, I, I like this way of how we're doing things this year, different from when I got here last year. Because last year, like I feel like um, as just as, as a team, yeah. we skipped a lot of steps to being great. Yeah. Uh, and when it mattered, it came back and kind of bit us in the in the behind. Uh, this year, I feel like we had to go out and find a way. All right, we lose Tay. How do you find another offensive guy to take that role? Uh, we lose OC or lose some of the defense, you know what I'm saying, different players. Uh, how do you turn your special teams unit from being the bottom to one of the top units? You know, how do you get a return guy? You know, so this year I felt like we had to actually go get everything we wanted, and that's different from last year. So I like it, how we had to get this. Mike, it's uh, it's also a little bit different in the steps preparing for the Lions before as opposed to now, a team that has won seven in their last nine. Yeah, I think these guys thought they were going to get an easy W in Detroit and it ended up being an absolute disaster. So we asked Rasul, what's different between the Week 18 Packers and the Week 9 Packers that lost in that pathetic 15-9 loss at Ford Field? Um, that we're winning and we're not losing. I think we're more happy. We're smiling. Look, you guys are even smiling more. You know what I'm saying? Before it was just like, yeah, you lost again. Tell us why you lost. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's all different. Everything is different. It is different, and it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Uh, we're going to have the Green and Gold postgame show live from the uh, Green Bay house coming up on Sunday night right after the game. Uh, Mike Clemens and I are, are going to be heading up. Michael, it should be a, a fun night, and you said that you got a good feeling about this team, right? I do. I think the Lions are going to come in really physical, and I don't think it matters what Seattle does with the Rams. I think the Lions are coming. I think the Lions are coming to finish their season uh, on a winning note, and so the Packers are going to have their hands full just as much, if not more, than what the Vikings brought here last week. It's just that the Lions are not a very good on-the-road team. They're really good at Ford Field. It would be different for them to, to pick up one, and it's not going to be too bad out there, maybe 30 degrees and uh, mostly clear sky Sunday night here at Lambeau Field. Mike, good stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you again and see you again on Sunday, okay? See you game day, Billy. Appreciate it, bud. There you go. That's our buddy Mike Clemens, by the way, and he talks about physicality. Deshaun Elliott, the safety for the Lions, again said, uh, as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, that he disrespects Detroit the way he carries, carries himself. I don't like that S. A-Rod doesn't respect us. That team doesn't respect us. We're going to fight our asses off, play smash-mouth football just because of the respect factor. Like, we all got here some way, somehow. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but I don't respect the way he's been talking. There you go. I don't care. There you go. Ben, have a good weekend. Enjoy the golf, and uh, we'll talk again on Sunday night, okay? You as well. You as well. Hope it's a win.
All right, buddy. Talk to you then. There you go. That's Ben Kenny. I'm Bill Michaels. Time for us to get out of here. The Green Eagle Post Game Show immediately following the Packers and Alliance coming up on Sunday night. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Time for us to go. Have a go. Hoop. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.